Life Audio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Homeschooling Families Podcast. I'm your host, Leslie Nunnery, and I'm thrilled that you're joining us today. We've got an incredible conversation lined up that I know you're going to love. This week, we're diving into the art of parenting teenagers, and I have the privilege of hosting the dynamic duo Hal and Melanie Young. They're not just experts in the field. They're parents who have successfully navigated the challenging terrain of raising teens. With eight children, including six boys and two girls, they've gathered invaluable wisdom on building strong relationships, fostering communication, and preparing our teenagers for adulthood. So whether you're in the midst of parenting teens or just gearing up for that season, this episode is packed with practical insight and heartfelt stories that will resonate with you. So now, without further ado, let's jump right into this enlightening conversation with Hal and Melanie Young on bridging the gap and nurturing relationships with our teenagers. Stay tuned, and we'll be back after this short break. Hey, you guys, welcome back to another episode of the Homeschooling Families podcast. This week, you are in for a treat because we have Helen Melanie back with us again, and we are going to be talking about bridging the gap and nurturing those relationships that we have with our teenagers. Helen Melanie have raised a number of teenagers, quite a few of them, and so they know what they're talking about. So Helen Melanie, welcome back. I am so glad you're here. Thanks, Leslie. It's, it's a joy to be here. Yeah, it's always good to talk with you. Well, it, it, in fact, we were talking before and could have just, you know, visited the whole time, but realized we needed to turn on the recording and get going. So it's it's always a joy to be with friends and to be able to catch up. And David and I have so appreciated the ministry that you all have had through the years. I mean, as long as we've been doing Teach Them Diligently, you guys have been laboring beside us, ministering to families, helping us really focus in. I guess you you started really focusing primarily on you know, raising boys and raising real men, as you wrote early on. And now your your real men have launched out and they are real men. And I look forward to hearing what you have to say about teenagers. But can you just, for those who may not know you yet, can you give them just a little bit of insight as to who you are, what your family looks like, where you are now, that kind of thing? Sure. Well, we have we have eight children. And the first six were boys. So we had six boys in a row and then two girls. Our boys are all grown and flown. They are adults and on their own now. And we have two girls who are teens who are still home. And so, we, yeah, we've been through, through the teen thing a few times. And our adult kids are our best friends. Yeah. And I think that's the important thing, not just have you lived through it, but what, what have you got on the other side of it? Well, I think that, you know, that was part of, part of what we were thinking when we wrote our first book, Raising Real Men was that we're not just looking for next week, for next month. We're looking, what is our ultimate goal going to be for the young people that God's put into our care? And so, you know, we want to think long-term, you know, what do we want to see when they are ready to go out and start their own families, to, to have their career, to have their own independent adult existence? Uh, okay. We, you know, we we're, yeah, we're in the, the middle of a dog fight. Um, <laughs> we're real. I mean, we're a real thing. Sitting here in our living room with our, with our red, fox red puppy and our golden retriever puppy having a fight at our feet. Yeah. So, oh, sparring so all, it's real life. You know? 
Well, exactly. And I actually, I'm inclined to leave it in because even as we were recording and looking at one another, I saw a little shadow walk by over these little spurs. And I'm sitting there and so able to relate because at any given moment, that could be any of our reality. Yeah. The beauty of that is you're doing life with your people right there and your dogs, but primarily your people. Well, and that's just, <laughs> you know, and, and that's just it. I mean, we started, when we started speaking, you know, more professionally, I guess, we were traveling with our children because we just felt like, you know, we want to raise them ourselves. We don't want to give them to the grandparents. And we realized that they were accountability for us, that, you know, people say, hey, they're real. You know, they, they, they're not talking theories. They're talking about real life. And, and that's what we've tried to do is to say the Bible gives us wisdom. It gives us guidance that's going to look a little different in our home than in your home. But the principles are there and they work. And so yeah. our, you know, our challenge is how does the spirit guide us to take those biblical principles off the page and put them into flesh and blood reality? Because, you know, we're not perfect. God is perfect, but we're right. not perfect. Absolutely. And, you know, that's something I, that was very important to me when we started writing and speaking is I wanted them to, I wanted people to, I was sometimes distressed when I would hear people speaking and it sounded like I had to do everything just right and I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't meet those standards. And I later realized, you know, those are legalistic standards that that's not what God expects of us. Right. God expects us to be faithful. He doesn't expect us to be perfect. Right. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I have been so amazed, but encouraged. I don't know what the right word is, but as you look back, you know, your kids are growing, they're launching out and you look back and you see that it's a million tiny little things that God uses. He doesn't expect us to do all of these profound things every day. It's these little steps of obedience, these little engagement points, this the these faithful conversations that God uses so profoundly to build those relationships. That that is so important because yeah. you know you look at how how did Jesus train the disciples? You know he lived with them, he lived in front of them, he ministered, he brought them alongside. You know he would he would show them what he was doing. Said, "Do you understand this? Do you do you have any questions?" And that's the lives that we live with our children. You know if we're willing to embrace that to say. Hey, you know, we're raising these kids. They don't, they're not just roommates. They're not just pets. They are, yeah. they are young people that we are discipling and training up to be, to be grownups one day. And we want to pass on all the wisdom that God has given us is whenever we have an opportunity. Yeah. You know, I think what you said about those small conversations ha making a big difference is one of the most important things that I've learned through raising teenagers is that we think that raising teenagers is about the big things, mm -hmm. the big crises, the big moments, but really relationships are built in the very small things. Yep. They're built in the, can you put your phone down and have an actual conversation? When they come by and interrupt you, do you take your eyes off your screen and engage with them? You know, because if we don't listen to the little things our kids share, they will never share the big things. Absolutely. That's, and honestly, that starts when they're very little. It starts getting yeah. in the floor and playing with Legos and being so into what they're into as little kids that you have that platform and that depth of relationship as those interests get more complex. And as those problems get more complex, you're still the go-to person because they know that you care and they know that you're there engaging with them at a heart level. Yeah, exactly. It's like when you're talking to your to your middle schooler in you know, 
you have no interest in Minecraft, but you have a lot of interest in that little yeah. one is playing it. Exactly. And so that, that's the mindset to have. Say, I'm, I'm interested in this person and not necessarily what's in their hand at the moment. Yeah. And, but the way that they hear that interest is by showing interest in what's in their hand and yeah. what, what's on their minds. Right. You know, I think one of the big things about teens is that critical moment when they're preteens. And they're so annoying because let's face it, preteens can be very annoying. Oh, yeah. You know, they get mad for no reason. Oh, yeah. They burst into tears for no reason. And it's really easy to lose your temper. And I think one of the lessons that, that I've really learned from, from raising our eight through that stage is that you've got to stop and think before you lose your temper. What's really important here is my inconvenience or my anger or my pride more important or is protecting my relationship with this child so that I have an influence over them in the next 10 years? Is that important? Right. And because it's so easy to get focused on the here and now and to destroy the future in the mi- middle of it. Absolutely. Oh, so, so easy. And actually that... That is a perfect segue into kind of really where I wanted to start our conversation about teens. And that is why, why is it so important that we focus on nurturing a strong relationship with our teens? What, because we're building towards that while they're little, but then what happens as they move forward? Why is that stage in those relationships so important? Well, I think, I think it's because when you're, when your kids are young, your parenting is very directive. You know, do this or face the consequences. Right. You know, it's very clear. But when they leave your home, you have nothing but influence. Nothing. You can't make them do anything. And so those that year between the directive, do this or meet me in the laundry room. Yeah. (laughs) And I hope they call home. Mm -hmm. Those years, you have to be building the kind of relationship that makes them call home. Mm -hmm. You have to be yeah. building the kind of relationship that makes them care what you think. You know, we had a conversation with our adult kids. We're, we're working on a book about the transition to adulthood. Mm-hmm. And they were all home for Thanksgiving and Christmas. And I asked them, I said, why did none of y'all really rebel? You know, none of, we didn't have, we never had a broken relationship with any of you. None of you ever went off and did things that shocked us or horrified us. Why? Can you tell me what your thought? were what were your motivations and they said a bunch of different things but they all came down to relationship yeah yeah i didn't want to hurt you i didn't want to disappoint you you know i cared about what you thought about me you know i knew i wanted to be like you dad Mm. you know the it all came down to relationship and i think parents parents can so easily miss that to, to not realize that when you have teens it's not about your rules yeah, you know, because a lot of the, in those early years, so much of it is a matter of I'm establishing authority, I'm mm-hmm. establishing respect, and there should be love and affection in there as well. But as they move into adulthood, you know, you've, you've either, you've either established it or you have it. And as, yeah. as they're moving, as they're moving through those teenage years, you have to make a transition in your parenting from the directive do this or, or suffer consequences type of thing to say, let's talk about this because the consequences are going to come from outside of this family. Yeah. You know, when you're playing in the adult leagues, then you got to figure that your actions are going to come back on you from 
your mate or your employer or your professors or the legal system or whatever. And so you need to learn how to regulate yourself and how to manage yourself as an adult. And you can't just turn them loose at 18 and, fig- and hope they figure it out in time. You, you know, you need to be giving them the opportunity during those transitional years to start acting a little bit more as an adult, you know, yeah. to start taking the first steps of adult behavior and adult decisions when the consequences are small and you can sit down and say, well, now this didn't work very well, did it? Do you know why? Let's talk about this. Exactly. You know, and, and, and that, you know, there's, I found myself, I remember a very specific time where three of them had, had some kind of meltdown and I'm, you know, uh, I'm sitting down to lay down the law and I realize, you know what? So much of my life now is coaching, mm-hmm. not just directing and making it happen, but rather yeah. to say, let's talk about why this went badly. Let's talk about a better way to do that. You know, I don't think you meant this to sound the way you said it. Let's yeah. talk about how you should have said this. Right. Or, you know, how could you have headed off this fight that you had with your brother? At what point did you go too far? You know, and and start to get them thinking this this way for themselves, because they're going to have to when they're off in college. They're going to have to when they're off on the job or when they're raising their own family. After a short break, we'll be right back to talk even more about this. Absolutely. I mean, there have been so many conversations that we have had where you know, mistakes have been made. I thank God, like like you all, we haven't had any devastating, rebellious mistakes, but I mean, you yeah, stuff, sure. yo, just like we do. But so many times the Lord has used those mistakes to open great doors for conversation, but also to let our kids know that God was so gracious to allow you to do that while we were still here to help you figure out your way out of it. And, you know, there you're able to even allow them to understand more fully how holy God loves them and how his plan in family is so perfect and so beautiful. And it really grieves me as I'm talking to people, and I'm sure you guys have this experience as well. And you see so many who have given up on their teens. They have fractured relationships with their teens. And I I think that that largely comes from the fact that people don't really understand how they are fracturing their relationships. they, They don't. And and that, that grieves me too. So often someone will come up to us and say, I have a 17 year old. I need you to tell me how to get them under control. You know, they know what you believe. Yeah. They know what you think. At this point, your job is not to get them under control, but you've got to restore that relationship enough so they even hear what you've got to say. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think parents really miss it that in our late, in kids' late teens, Mm -hmm. rules, Rules really don't matter because if you have a good relationship with them, you won't need a lot of rules. Right. You're, right. They're old enough to do what's right. Let and up. if you have a bad relationship, all the rules in the world won't matter. They'll break them to hurt you. Well, and, and they can find a way around them yeah. if they want to. I mean, you know, let's just be honest. Yeah. My kids yeah. are smart enough to yeah. circumvent just about anything that their heart tells them to circumvent. And every right. teenager would fall into that. And and that's why it's so important that you're addressing the heart, not just the exactly. outward behavior, but to say, what is the the guiding force in your life? You know, what is your yeah. what are your basic motivations? Now let's get practical about that okay, because yeah, I think parents hear those things. I think I don't know what that means. I don't know how that looks in real real life. Mm-hmm. 
I think that most kids who are on the fractured relationship side would tell you that the parents don't listen and don't understand. Yeah. And so I think job one is let's listen and let's understand. And, and you know, that's, that's very simple. That's a very simple thing to it's remember. It's a lot harder than it seems, it is. though. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. because it's not, it's not, you know, universal. And, and so you, yeah, exactly. To, just to remember to say to yourself, am I really listening to this young man, really trying to understand this young woman? And do they understand that I'm trying to understand? Right. You know, are you really, are you, are you really truly trying to understand? And do they see that you are? And, you know, how do you do that? One of the ways is you let them speak first, yeah. not to argue with them, not to correct them, you know, if they need. Without jumping in. If they, yeah. if they need correction or arguing that the time will come. There's to time say, for that. Yeah. But to say, I want to understand what's on your mind and what's in your heart right now. So what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Child's having a meltdown. They're saying ugly things to you. They're being very disrespectful. And the temptation is shut them down. That's the opposite of what you need to do. Mm -hmm. Instead, you say, whoa, come here, sit down. I love you and I want to understand. Tell me what's going on here. And then listen without jumping in. Mm -hmm. Now, people are probably thinking, you're letting that kind of disrespect go in your house. No, we're going to deal with it. But we're going to deal with it after we've invested in the relationship by listening. Well, yeah, exactly. There is, you know, we have often spoken of the principle of questions prick the conscience, but accusations harden the will. And yeah. when you go in, you know, that scenario that you were just talking about, when you go in, yes, the behavior is abhorrent. It's, it's must be dealt right. with, but right. not by, you know, lowering the boom on a teenager who is worried. I, I was always amazed when I would stop, have those relational conversations, ask the question to see what's at the heart. I was parenting complex individuals, just like I'm a complex individual. What I see or what David sees in me is not often what's really at the root that's agitating what you're seeing. So by yeah. taking the time to get down to the heart, the root of what's going on, you're able to not only deal with the the fruit that you're seeing, but also help them navigate Whatever turmoil is is actually welling up inside of them that's causing this behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you do that, when you listen, so often it completely changes their attitude. Yeah. Like, you know, we have found mm-hmm. that when you listen and you hear what's going on, it gives you the insights you need to make a wise decision because sometimes you're wrong. Well, you yeah. know, <laughs> they are a teenager. <laughs> Are really motivated by the sense, their sense of justice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then they feel like, okay, I've said what I need to say. They heard me. They understand me. Then if you have to say, well, no, I'm sorry, you're, you're wrong. I understand why you thought that way or I understand why you want this, but it's not going to happen. At least they know they've been heard. Right. And they can understand. They have enough sense of fairness to say sometimes you win, sometimes you don't. Yeah. But if they feel like they haven't even gotten to explain themselves, then their sense of justice is all is all torn up and they're gonna they're gonna as you said it's gonna harden them. Well exactly. Injustice is one of the biggest ways to provoke your children to anger. I mean it's just that is going to put that wedge there that just keeps because once that that little wedge is there, they're gonna see injustice everywhere. And that little yeah. chasm is going to get so much deeper. And and we think as Christian parents, I would never be unjust, but it's really easy to be unjust. Especially when you just shut them down right away, because, you know, 
what is it? The Proverbs say a fool answers a matter before he's heard it. Yes. You know, <laughs> and which, I'm not going to be a fool as a parent, but yeah, lots of times we are. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what, what do you do when you do mess up? You know, cause we can, we can, and I know you guys have experienced this as well. I have all the best intentions to listen and question and deal with reactions very calmly and, and intentionally, but it didn't always work out that way. Sometimes I reacted to them in kind. You know what? This is, this is a tough one too. There's times when you have to go sit down with your son or daughter, maybe in front of your whole family and say, I need to apologize. I was wrong. I, I jumped to a conclusion that wasn't fair to you. It wasn't just. And I am so sorry. Will you please forgive me of that? I did not ever mean for that to happen, but here we are. And I and I am full of regret. I mean, you yeah. know what? Because it, it's hard to apologize. They, but they know you're wrong. They're already convinced of that. Absolutely. But it makes such a difference when you when you conf- you know, when you confess our sins that God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all righteousness, unrighteousness. And that's, you know, our kids are willing to forgive us because they know that, hey, they heard me uh, and made a mistake. And yet, you know, here they are. They recognize that and, and they're they're asking my forgiveness. And that's that's a really important thing, you know, because not only does it does it clear the air between you and your child, but it it demonstrates to them this is how a Christian should respond to the realization of their own failing. Absolutely. And, and, you know, we need to be willing to do that. I need to be willing to apologize to my wife. I need mm-hmm. to be willing to apologize to my kids. Sometimes even little kids to say, right. I'm sorry, you did not, I should not have punished you for that. That was your brother. And you when know? we do that, we model for them what they need to do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, and we make it easier for them to, uh, to recognize their sin and apologize and make it right. Because, you know, if dad can do it, I can do it too. You know? Right. 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 Well, we're also showing them that God is still working in our lives. We are yep. growing and we are changing and we are sensitive to the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. And all of that, because we are raising adults, we are wanting our children to go out and be outside of our home. That yeah. all is preparing them well for embarking on that next stage of their lives, which is so, so important. Well, think about what Paul said, what Paul said in one of his letters. He said, follow me as I am following Christ. You know, he doesn't say, I have arrived at perfection. You need to attain to my level. You know, and when we when we go to our kids, we're saying, you know what? I'm not using the Bible as a hammer to hit you with. I'm using the Bible to guide me and to guide my family. And you're part of this whole journey. We're all together. Even the apostle himself says, I'm following Christ. I haven't arrived. And we want to be able to say the same thing to our kids, say, you know what, I'm trying to, I'm chasing after becoming more and more Christ-like in my life, and I hope that you will follow me along that path. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Then how have you seen, you know, all of those years of investment, all of those years of just very intentional parenting, building those relationships, helping them to to learn how to make decisions and think biblically and all of those things, how has that impacted your relationship now with so many of your, I guess, six of your kids have flown. They, they're they out on their own now. Uh, that is the part I never anticipated. You know, I guess I just didn't know enough to, I have a great relationship with my mom. Hal has a great relationship with his mom, but their father's in heaven. But I did not anticipate what it was going to be like having all these adult kids. Yeah. I didn't realize, you know, they were going to become our best friends 
because we share so much. Right. We have so much history and so many memories. And I didn't realize that they were going to become each other's best friends either. And, you know, so right now we have two kids that just bought new houses that need a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And it's been such a blessing to me to see all the brothers jumping in to help each other. And, you know, they'll show up at one kid's house on, on for a weekend and they'll, they replumbed, they replumbed Caleb's house in a weekend. You know, the whole house, his, his water had tested positive for lead and they had to replumb the whole house. So everybody came and it cost them nothing but the pipes because everybody worked. Wow. And I, I, the relationships you're building now will bless you the rest of your life. You know, that if you can, if you can have a good relationship with your kids, mm-hmm. when they walk out your door to go to college or to go to the first job or whatever, then that all those times you kept your temper and you listened to them when you wanted to, them to shut up so you could go on and do the next thing, all those things will come back a thousand fold. Mm-hmm. You know, the investment comes back a thousand fold. It just, I had no idea how incredible it was going to be to have a big bunch of Christian adult kids. Yeah. I love the wives they picked out. Mm-hmm. I love my grandchildren. It, it's just, I don't know. It's been such a big blessing. I wish I had had that vision when I was younger. I just right. didn't know what to expect, but it, it's been incredible. It's worth every bit of it. Amen. We are just on the the front end of that. I had in, in this six months period, in the end of 2023, I've got two getting married. So yeah. one got married in July, one's getting married in December. And just seeing how God is using them as they are launching out, being so grateful that that through the years they were faithful and they listened as we helped them understand what kind of mates to look for. And yeah. the fact that we love the spouses that are coming in. And there's just so many amazing things that God does. But again, it starts with just faithful day-by-day decisions, keeping your focus on the mission that God has given you right there within your home, building those relationships. And then God just grows it in ways that, like you noted, we wouldn't even think to ask for because it's so much cooler than we would have ever imagined. Yeah. And you know, when you really, when you look back at it, you think, this is the way we should be living anyway, yes. you know, that we should be always, we should be loving toward our children. We should be just in our, in our correction and discipline. We should listen to one another and not block one another out. You know, that, that's just contributing to the daily peace of your home when your kids are there and they're small, but man, it, it grows such tremendous fruit. If, yeah. if you build that culture into your family, even with just the idea, I just want to make it through and 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 have a peaceful home that glorifies God. Wow, your household is more than just the people that live in your four walls. Yeah, right? you know, when we talk to people about parenting teens, what they're worried about is transcripts. A transcript takes a couple of hours. Yeah. What they ought to be worried about is relationship and discipleship, because that's all they're going to care about when their kids leave home. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And we run into the same thing where a lot of times we just find that all of us, we're asking the wrong questions. You you ask the questions about what you see rather than what is, you know, is beyond what you see. What is so much bigger but it's we get focused on those little check boxes, and we miss the heart of of the matter entirely. 
Yeah. But Helen Millie, we are out of time now, but I want you to tell everyone where they can connect with you guys, where they can find you and what you've got going on. Because I know you have some really great resources and, and opportunities for families. I want, I want to make sure everyone knows about those. Well, you can find us online at RaisingRealMen.com mm-hmm. and anywhere on social media at RaisingRealMen. We have books and resources for parents. If relationship is what you're worried about, our book, No Longer Little, is aimed at parents of preteens, but it's really useful all through the teens. Mm-hmm. That's what you want to get. It'll really help you. We also have a subscription box mm-hmm. called Craftsman Crate that would make a great Christmas present. It is aimed at teens. It teaches artisanal craft skills using real tools. They make really adult level things, beautiful things. And it's totally complete. No trips to the store. And you can find that at RaisingWomen.com in our shop or at CraftsmanCrate.com. And we have a podcast called Making Biblical Family Life Practical. And you can find that anywhere you listen to podcasts. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll be sure that we link all of those things. Because again, I, I want to make sure that the families know where they can get all of these great things. And as you were talking, I was like, man, we need to do a whole conversation just on the crates and what kind of skills these these teenagers are learning and all of that. But that's that's a conversation for another day. Okay. <laughs> and we'll be at TTD in 2024. And we're looking forward to that. So come see us there. Yes, absolutely do. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. It has, as always, been a great pleasure to talk to you. Well, thanks so much, Leslie. We enjoy it. Always. All right. Well, thank you to everyone else for tuning in. I am confident that this has been a help. I hope that you've gotten a lot to think about as you go out. And no matter where you are in parenting, whether you have littles or middles or bigs, I hope that this has given you some very actionable ideas, things to think about as you're engaging with your kids even today. So I hope that you have a great rest of your day. And I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining me today. It's my prayer that every episode of the Homeschooling Families podcast helps to strengthen your family by giving you biblical and practical ways to raise your children and educate them well. We'd love to engage with you more. So check out teachthemdiligently.net to find out about the resources and experiences we offer Christian homeschooling families like yours all year long. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and a whole lot more. Mm-hmm.